0: I came out the wrong line already. And he's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with the knee. Over the they tackle the in the corner. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. I <laughs> can. <laughs> What's going on guys? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast. It is Saturday. I'm going to go ahead and throw out just a solo podcast today. Uh, You know, had Dennis Bennett on Thursday, that was a lot of fun. We were talking about the championship games that are coming on tomorrow, obviously. That should be uh, two really good games. And I'm really looking forward to watching them. We are obviously brought to you guys by the Pulse Podcasting Network. They've been awesome. Uh, If you guys saw... We put out on Twitter. We are working together to do a promo uh, for the show. Uh, we're trying to get some rate and reviews done. Obviously, uh, have quite a quite a lot of downloads and everything going on for the show, but not getting a lot of rates and reviews on iTunes. I need those to help me out. So uh, we're doing a contest. Uh, if you rate and review the show over uh, the next couple days, uh, we will be putting out uh, two winners on Monday. Me and Dennis on the show Monday will pick two winners. Uh, whoever rated and reviewed the podcast. Obviously, if you leave a review, leave your Twitter handle in there or you can shoot me a DM of the review you left that way I know it's you and you will get answered in and we will choose two people on Monday, they will receive free swag from 500level.com 500level does awesome t-shirts, uh, all kind of uh, player based baseball, hockey, football, basketball. And it it doesn't have to be a football shirt. You guys can get whatever you want. Whoever the two winners are, I will get in touch with you, uh, get your guys' information, and then you let me know what shirt you want so that I can let them know, and we will get it sent to you. So if you guys haven't had a chance yet, get out there. Just throw a rate or review onto onto iTunes for the Fantasy Football Roundtable. You guys don't have to leave a review. I see some people have, and I truly appreciate it, guys. Uh, My plan is to actually do this once a month. Uh, And if you – anytime you have ever rated or reviewed, you will be put – in the spreadsheet that they put into something, I don't know how they do it. They decided on the internet that goes all into some little thing and it randomizes the people. Uh, but you will stay on there forever unless you win. Once you win, you'll get taken off. But every time uh, we do a contest, you guys will already be in that pool. You'll stay in there forever. So I appreciate you guys doing it. And we're going to pick two winners a month at least. Maybe do it twice a month. But right now we're going to stick with, uh, with two winners a month for the next couple of months. And then we might boost it up more because I... I'm actually in talks with a site right now to start producing fantasy football roundtable gear as well. Uh, so I might start giving that stuff away. Still going to do the licensed NFL gear, 500 level. actually have another person that's looking to uh, sponsor the podcast and get a couple uh, uh, hits on here as well. So once that kind of becomes official, we'll talk about them as well. And they have some pretty cool gear as well. So we might use them to throw some stuff away as well. Not throw stuff away, but to give away uh, as well. So everything could be changing, obviously, here and there on what some people will get. Obviously, I've already talked about the free Fantasy Football League that we'll be doing, possibly a Madden League. We'll be doing other kind of giveaways all throughout the year for all you guys who are listening uh, and, and contributing, you know, interacting with me and Dennis. We're... we're <laughs> We can't wait to keep this going, and like I said, we're, we're looking forward to giving away some free stuff to our fans. So, anyways, for today's podcast, uh, it's going to be kind of a short one. I, I was uh, going back and listening to the episode yesterday. I do kind of like to go back and listen to certain parts of stuff that I do just to kind of hear what I was saying, and, and I, I use it almost as like homework. I'm kind of studying and seeing what I can do uh, better after each episode. And so while I was listening to yesterday's, yesterday's episode, I realized that uh, we did a lot of talking about the storylines of the games tomorrow, but we didn't really break it down that much. We broke down certain parts of the game, like Mike, uh, Mike Thomas, the offensive-defensive lines for both teams, the quarterbacks, but we didn't really break down the games. I'm going to do that today. I'm going to give you my perspective on both games. Again, I already kind of gave you my picks, but I'll, I'll kind of reiterate them on here and then. After that, I'm going to talk about five of my favorite prospects in this draft at the RB and wide receiver position. They're not in order. This is not my one through five. These are just five guys within my ranking somewhere that I personally am very high on that I think could be something at the next level. Um... So I'll I'll get down, break them down a little bit, talk about why I like them, some of their strengths, some of their weaknesses. Uh, all this stuff will actually be in articles that I'm putting out, uh, likely on thedynastyguru.com. I, I like to write for them uh, in the off seasons about NFL prospects because uh, they kind of go year round. Um, QB list uh, we don't appear, we don't really do stuff that much in the off season. It's more of an in season thing. So I go to Dynasty Guru to put all that stuff out there. Uh, I'll let you guys know. Obviously, I'll tweet out the link for those. You who follow me on Twitter to kind of see those as well. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to doing that because you guys. Or my listening audience, I'm going to give you guys a, a first look, kind of, or technically hearing it first. Uh, my my list here, not my five guys, five guys that I really like at the RB and wide receiver position. Uh, before anybody else gets to see these and see these ranks and everything, and then obviously me and Dennis will continue talking about these guys. You guys will be the first to see our top tens and everything like that throughout the year uh, because we'll be putting them out uh, every episode. Like on Monday, we'll be doing RBs, and I think on Thursday we're we're going to be set to go on the wide receivers as well, we eating all day, bro. I'm hitting you every time. Every time you come as well, I'm gonna hit you. I'm not gonna be able to do that. You don't want me. So let's go ahead and jump in and preview these games for tomorrow. So the early game, we obviously have the Los Angeles Rams going to the Superdome to play the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are favored to win this game by 63%, and they are being given three points. Let's start on the Rams side here. So we talked about a little bit on Thursday's podcast. The Rams offensive line, I think, is going to be key in this matchup. They have not had an injury all year. In fact, they are rated as one of the best run-blocking and pass-blocking offensive lines in the NFL at the moment. I do think a lot of that comes to the just cohesiveness that they have been able to build, the chemistry they have been able to build, and you cannot take that for granted. And an offensive line that has had kept all five of their starters healthy all season long. They've played every snap together. They've just built that chemistry up, and it's going to help them, I think, really kind of keep this game close, and I do think they have a, a really good shot. Obviously, Vegas does as well because a three-point favorite is usually given to just given to a home team. They're usually given at least three points, so that's almost to me saying it's kind of a pick em game. I know that you can still, obviously, a, a field goal if you were to bet the line on this, obviously, if they won by four points, which doesn't happen often, you're going to end up losing. A lot of people do the 3.5 so that you can't win or lose if you get that field goal. But I do think this is going to be a dynamic game, and I think that that part of the game is going to be huge because the Saints defensive line and linebackers have, again, been the best team against the run all season long. They have not allowed a 100-yard rusher since week 11 of last year. So they've played, obviously, six straight weeks last year and then all of the season and not allowed a 100-yard rusher And they've got two guys who have almost averaged 100 yards a game, especially C.J. Anderson, since he's been signed by the Rams, has averaged 100 yards a game. Todd Gurley, we know, can easily put up 100 yards, so it's going to be huge for them to try and stop them. Obviously, Sheldon Rankins being out for the the Saints is going to help Gurley, C.J. Anderson, and that offensive line because Rankins not only was very good at stopping the run game, but also very good at applying pressure. When it comes to the wide receivers, I think it's going to be Robert Woods who has the big game here. So if you go back to Week 9 when these two played each other, Marshawn Lattimore uh, shadowed Brandon Cooks almost the entire game. And not just to take. Again, I know he, he's a former Buckeye. You can almost call the New Orleans Saints the New Orleans Buckeyes, how many Ohio State players they have on that team. Uh, but Marshawn Lattim- Lattimore, in my opinion, is still a shutdown cornerback. I know he struggled a little bit this year, but I really think he turned it on here in the second half. Him shadowing Brandon Cooks I think is going to really limit what Brandon Cooks can do in this game. I don't think Brandon Cooks has a big game, which means it's going to be Robert Woods. Robert Woods is probably going to be on Eli Apple. I like that matchup better, though I do think Eli Apple has definitely improved since what he was at the New York, in the New York, with the New York Giants. My goodness, you guys, with the New York Giants before he came over to New Orleans. Um, I, do, I do think he has improved, but I think Robert Woods is the guy to go with here. Especially if they end up having Kurt Coleman uh, kind of sitting over him at the safety spot. He has really struggled this year. So I do think that Robert Woods is the matchup going against Eli Apple. And even if they put Kurt Coleman over the top of him, um, I still think he's going to be able to get by him. Uh, Robert Woods is the guy for me on the Rams that I would say is a definite play in any of your leagues this weekend. If it's just the one-ups, you got the double-ups, uh, hopefully you've had him in there. I think Robert Woods is going to be a key offensive weapon in this game. Jared Goff, I do think is going to be okay. Um, I really do think that they're going to try and get the run going. I think that is going to be the way they will attack this Saints defense right now, especially with Rankins being out. Um, I don't obviously think both running backs are going to put up over 100 yards each. I actually think Gurley's going to have a good day, but I think C.J. Anderson will finally struggle a little bit. Not much, but I see him getting about 60 yards in this one. Uh, So, you could play Todd Gurley. uh, I would imagine if I actually would think people have been playing C.J. Anderson with the way he looked. Maybe they might be playing him. Uh, I don't think he has a huge game here, but I do think he'll get you some points. Uh, And then with that being said, Jared Goff, I just don't think Goff has a huge game. I do think he'll put up more than the 188 he put up last week. I I envision him putting up. He's probably going to get somewhere close to 230, 240 and a couple touchdowns. For the Saints side here, I think, again, that defense against that offense is going to be huge if they can't slow them down. um, you know Something that was brought up, uh, in, in Thursday's podcast with Dennis was that both defenses weren't really doing enough to stop them. Um, I really didn't think about it at the time, but I was going back and watching that game yesterday, and the Saints defense was actually very good at the beginning of that game. They had pretty much stopped the Rams, uh, and they were actually up on top, and then in that second half, the Rams came on, and their defense started slowing the, the Saints down for a little bit up until that final drive where Michael Thomas scored that touchdown, uh, but they were kind of slowing the Saints down, and they were scoring, and then all of a sudden made it a game again. I don't necessarily see that happening and I don't see it being a a 45 point shootout again like it was last uh, in week 9. I think both defenses will make plays throughout the game to keep this a not necessarily low scoring affair but I do think it's going to be high 30s for both teams. Maybe someone getting up to 41. With that being said the Rams defense uh, looked awesome last week again against the Dallas Cowboys. I do think that they're going to come to play in this one but uh, again as I was talking about with the Rams what I think they could do against the Saints defense I think is what's going to keep the Saints offense really in this game. Well, I think Breeze and all their guys are going to have a huge game because they're going to have to score to keep up with the Rams as well and vice versa. Drew Breeze, I think, is a great play this week uh, as well. Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, the three obvious ones. You've got to get them in your lineups if you can. It's going to be interesting for me, is Mark Ingram. He really has come in and kind of been, uh, I want to say, the hammer for the most part against what Alvin Kamara does. He's really good running up the middle, getting those tough yards, uh, scoring the touchdowns in the red zone. I actually think Mark Ingram's going to have himself a pretty good game here. Uh, I do think, expect him to score and get you about 50, 60 yards. So if you're looking for someone that people might not be really playing that much, I think Mark Ingram could have a good one, a good game. And the other part is going to be, obviously, who else besides Mike Thomas. Thomas steps up in this one. We talked about it on Thursday, saying that it's going to be Ted Ginn, and I still do believe that Ted Ginn, uh, he's awesome. I do think when him and Michael Thomas are on the field together, those two really kind of feed off each other, um, and it really helps building each other up. I Like I said, Michael Thomas at times has really struggled. Uh, I shouldn't say struggled because he's an elite wide receiver, but he just doesn't dominate the way that he does when he has someone on the other side of him that attracts just enough attention that he is able to just Burn defenses because when you've got three guys paying attention to you, I don't care who, I don't care if you're Jerry Rice. If you've got three defenders trying to stop you, chances are you're not going to be able to do much. We've seen Michael Thomas be able to beat double coverages at times, but when you got three defenders all trying to make sure that they stop you from getting the ball because Traycon Smith, um, Uh, Who was Keith Kirkwood, Justin Hardy, Simi Cobbs, Austin Carr. None of these guys are are scary to you. So you can pretty much focus on completely shutting down Michael Thomas. Uh, We did see that Keith Kirkwood is going to be out tomorrow with the calf injury. So that is really going to limit who they have here. It's going to be Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn. And then you're looking at Traquan Smith. Tommy Lee Lewis, Justin Hardy, and Austin Carr is kind of like that third wide receiver. I don't imagine any of those guys do much of anything. I think it's all going to be Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn. And then at the tight end position, I don't see these guys doing much of anything either. I thought maybe with Ben Watson, he could do something. Uh, He has been kind of a a favorite red zone target for Drew Brees at times. So I thought he might be able to do something. But he is out. He has got an appendicitis thing going on. Luckily, he doesn't need surgery. So if the Saints do win, they're going to be able to go on to the Super Bowl. And he'll be able to be there, but he's not going to be able to play in this game. So that leaves us with Dan Arnold, Josh Hill, and Eric Swope. I don't think any of these guys are going to do much in the game, so I imagine they're going to keep them in and chip block and try and help block Aaron Donald and Ndamukong Sue as much as possible to give Drew Brees as much time as possible. Again, I picked the Saints to win this game. Uh, I'll give my... You know, flip-floppy answer, and I could see the Rams winning this, although I would imagine everybody could see the Rams winning it, but I do think the Saints are the ones who pull off the win here um, and head on into the Super Bowl in Atlanta, which should be very interesting, having to go in a and play in a division rivals stadium and a dome, too, that they are very comfortable in playing in, I would imagine, uh, with the with the New Orleans Superdome being a dome, obviously. Uh, so I imagine that that'll be good news for them and no matter who they get to play out of the AFC. For the AFC, we have the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City being given the 66% chance to win this game, and they are being three. They are being given three points here. So for the Patriots, this is going to be a very interesting game for me. So the more and more I was looking at stuff, and in all honesty, listening to different stuff throughout the week, uh, what really killed the Chargers last week was them playing zone defenses, which Tom Brady is magnificent at picking a part. That is why he is the GOAT. He knows how to play defenses. And that is why James White had such a huge game last week. Because when you're playing zone defenses and all your defenders drop back a little bit, Tom Brady's going to take the easy passes, which were to James White and Julian Edelman. The differences between the Chargers and the Chiefs is the Chiefs predominantly play Man, defense. So that means that someone is going to be on James White. And someone is obviously going to be on Julian Edelman. The key will be can they slow them down or stop them. The Chiefs defense has not been very good all year long. Uh, Obviously they were really good against the Colts last week. Although I would say some of that was due to the fact that the Colts just looked really bad for the first time in a long time. And that's kind of to be expected at times. They were on a huge winning streak. I believe it was like 9 of 10 or something like that. Or 10 of 11. Uh, they they went on this huge run. You're going to have a letdown game eventually. Unfortunately for them, it came in the playoffs. They just looked horrible. I can't imagine that the Chiefs' defense is going to look quite as di- good as they did last week because they haven't really shown us that all year long. They have not shown that they can be that good. So it's going to be interesting to see how they blitz Tom Brady, how they get after him because, again... We thought that that's what the Chargers were going to do, and then the Chargers couldn't get after them, and I would take the Chargers defense over the Chiefs any day of the week. Now again, I do think some of that comes down to the zone packages that we were just talking about, and the fact that when you're blitzing Tom Brady with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, and the defense behind them is playing zone with the linebackers, or really they were using a lot of cornerbacks again like they did against the Ravens. And uh, they're backing up a little bit to get into their zones and everything. And then James White is just able to sneak out into the flat all by himself. All Tom Brady has to do is dump it off. And that completely negates what Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram are doing. It doesn't matter how good of a rush they're getting. If he can dump it off there every couple seconds, you're just not going to get to Brady. And then they sh- they prove that. And so I do think that with the man-to-man coverages at times, it is going to hinder what Brady can do. That being said, I still think Tom Brady, Tony Brady, my goodness, Tom Brady and Julian Edelman are great plays this week. I do think that they're going to have to put up points again against Kansas City. I do think that uh, the weather is being a little bit overblown here. Again, we, I talked about a little bit on Thursday at the beginning of the week. It was supposed to be single digits. Then it got up into the teens. And now it's up into the 20s more than likely, I would almost bet by the time we get to game time, it's going to be up in the 30s. That's that's balmy in New England and Kansas City. You know, they're going to be guys out there wearing shorts and no shirt. So we'll be fine. The weather is going to be fine. I don't think it's going to hinder this game one bit. They're going to be passing the ball. Not expected to be a lot of win at the moment. So the passing should be fine. I imagine that the Patriots will run the ball a little bit. And I do think that Both teams are going to implement the game plans that we talked about on Thursday in running the ball and using extended drives to keep the other offense off the field. We talked about it when they played each other earlier this season when Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill scored a touchdown against the Patriots when that put them up, I believe it was 2 or 1. I can't remember exactly what it was, but they got up on the Patriots uh, and it only took like... a. Maybe 50 seconds off the clock and left Tom Brady over a minute to get down the field and get his team in scoring position, and he did it and they won the game. That's what both teams are going to not want to do this time. I do think Andy Reid is going to be more conscious of that, and I do think that is going to be a big game plan for them. Anyways, back to the Patriots. Sorry guys, I'm jumping all over the place right here on Saturday. I've got all kinds of notes written down and I'm not paying attention to some of them. I keep forgetting to talk about different stuff. I do apologize about that. So anyways, with uh, continuing on with the Patriots, we already talked about Tom Brady, Julian Edelman. And Julian Edelman is his guy. We know that he's going to go to him more often than not. Uh, so I do think Edelman's a great play. I don't expect him to get as many catches and yards as he did last week, obviously, but I still think he's going to have a good game. Uh, and I do think Sony Michel can have a good game here as well. I do think that he is going to be the main back here. I don't see them being able to dump the ball off to James White as much as they did last week against the Chargers. So I still think White obviously has a good game because he, only, he shows up in the playoffs. We know this. So he's likely going to score a big touchdown for them. I imagine he's going to get... Six to seven catches, not fifteen for probably close to fifty sixty yards, maybe two rushes in there for twenty, uh, but i don 't see him getting a lot of rushes, but I do think sony Michelle will I do see Sony Michelle getting about fifteen to twenty carries, close to one hundred yards, and a touchdown as well don 't expect a three touchdown game out of him, but I do think he scores at least one. And I do think Gronk is going to play a role in this one. I don't think he's going to have a huge game, but I I do see him scoring in this one. So if you have to use a tight end spot, uh, if, again, if you're using the one and duns and you're trying to save, you know, both tight ends in the NFC, uh, I would just and or maybe even Travis Kelsey if you haven't used him yet, I would throw Gronk in there because I do think Gronk is going to score. He's going to get you some points this week, uh, you know, last shot chance to make it to the Super Bowl because I know a lot of people and I'm kind of leaning that way to think he's going to retire after this year. For the Chiefs I imagine they're going to come in in the same game plan that they did uh, against the Patriots earlier this season uh, back in week 6 so a lot of the talk this week uh, was listening to a couple interviews interviews Patrick Mahomes was doing and he talked about how nervous, not nervous, but how excited he was coming out in that game back in week 6 against the Patriots. He was so excited that that was kind of the reason why he was. If you guys remember that game, he was kind of overthrowing wide receivers missing wide open plays earlier in the first quarter. And that's what he is saying he contributed to. He was just so excited and that uh, he couldn't kind of contain his emotions, which we've heard players talk about before when they get in these big games. AFC Championship games, Super Bowl games, sometimes you get so amped up that it kind of messes with your performance. I believe him when he says that that's what was bothering him in that first game because if you look back at what he did in the second half, he was on fire. The Patriots had limited them to three field goals on the first couple drives. Again, they still were getting down into, into scoring position. They just weren't able to put it into the end zone. I think that changes this week. I think that they're able to get into the end zone to put enough pressure on Brady and Belichick to keep them having to score on almost every drive as well. I do think we're kind of in for a wild ride on this one. Now, I don't expect either team to do what the Patriots did last week and go down and score on their first three and four drives. Again, we've never seen it before. New England's never done that before, and I I believe the stat was they have never done that on their first three drives in any playoff game. We know how prolific the England's New England's offense has been at times. So if they haven't done it before, that was I think kind of a one-off thing. I don't expect that to happen again this week. Uh, but I do expect obviously both teams to put up points. Like many do, the over/under I believe is back up to fifty-five. So people are expecting them to put up close to thirty, 30 like a thirty-five, twenty-something game. Obviously. I think it's going to be over. Um, I think a lot of people are pushing down the over/under because of the weather. Again, I don't think it's going to be that bad for either one of these teams. They both play in cold weather. They're both used to it. Again, thirty degrees. I mean, I know I'm a different kind of breed, being from being from Ohio and everything, but I walk around in shorts and a t-shirt when it's thirty degrees outside, and you know it, it's not that bad for a lot of people. So. I don't think that that's going to be a big deal here. Uh, What is going to be interesting to me is if the defense shows different stuff. We do know Bill Belichick and even Brian Flores, who might be the new head coach for the Miami Dolphins. uh, They do game plan and change their defenses around once they've played you once. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. But I do think Patrick Mahomes, it's the four guys for, for the Chiefs here. Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, and Williams are easy plays in all leagues. I do think all these guys are going to put up great points in this game. Again, I, I do think that this is going to be a high-scoring game. I do think it's going to be higher than the Saints and Rams game, where I do think both teams will have some defense play into them. I do think that, obviously, the Patriots defense is a a little bit better than what uh, some people have been talking about. I just don't see how they're going to be able to slow these guys down. I do think Bill Belichick was given a little bit of coach speak here Earlier this week talking about how there's just no way to slow down Tyreek Hill. Maybe to try and boost him up. something They're going to find a way to slow him down at least some. They're not going to be able to shut him down. Because I do agree with him on the fact nobody can shut him down. Uh, but I do think that uh, they are going to find a way to slow him down. Just enough to make this extremely interesting. And again, I have the Chiefs winning this game. Uh, I know I said on Thursday, obviously, the Patriots could win it, and we all know they could. They've been down and out before. Obviously, Brady and all the Patriots are on the whole underdog bandwagon saying everybody's disrespecting them. I I don't see that. I actually see a lot of people picking the Patriots, Um, but I do think that Andy Reid finally gets it done, and I hope that he finally gets it done. Again, I think that he has been one of the best coaches in the NFL for a very long time. If you go back and look at what he did in Philadelphia With the teams that he had, Donovan McNabb going to the NFC Championship multiple times, going to the Super Bowl, being in the playoffs as often as they were. And then Philadelphia fans run him out of town. He goes to Kansas City and almost has immediately turned around Kansas City. And what's funny, in my opinion, for the Eagles, if you go back and look at it the Eagles were horrible. They bring in Chip Kelly. He has the one good year. Then they do nothing until they fire him. And then what ends up happening? They, they do nothing for a couple years, and then they bring in Doug Peterson. Do you guys know what tree Doug Peterson comes from? Doug Peterson comes from the Andy Reid coaching tree. He was with Andy Reid in Kansas City. He's learned from Andy Reid. He implements a lot of Andy Reid plays. So, Technically, they get rid of a guy because they say he can't do it for him, and then they bring in one of his disciples who ends up winning them a Super Bowl. So I do think that is kind of interesting. Again, I think Candy Reed is one of the best coaches in the game at the moment. Uh, and I do think that once he gets this win, whether he—I I hope— I do kind of hope he wins the Super Bowl, even though it's going to— the Mahomes fans are going to be just— Un- insufferable at that point if they do. Uh, but I do kind of hope that he gets to the Super Bowl and wins it to kind of turn around his entire legacy because I think a lot of people look at him the wrong way. All right, so that's it. That That's my Super Bowl picks right there, guys. It's going to be, or to who'd make it to the Super Bowl, my championship picks, the New Orleans Saints against the Kansas City Chiefs. Can't wait to watch the games tomorrow. They should be awesome. Let's talk about some prospects. So, again, I'm going to give you guys just five, I'm going to do my running backs first and my wide receivers second. My running backs, again, these are not my top five, so don't don't think that, but I'm just going to talk about five guys that I'm really interested in, that I'm going to try and get a share of each of these guys or as many shares of some of these guys as possible going in. At least right now, again, that could change, but right now, through these five guys are guys that I'm really, really intrigued by and guys that I think could be really good at the next level that not a lot of people are talking about. All right, so my number one favorite brat. Back, I was going to say Brack for some reason. My, my number one favorite back in this class. Um, and again, not my number one overall skill-wise, but one of my favorites is Miles Sanders out of Penn State. You guys have heard me talk about him multiple times. 5'11", 211 pounds. Right now, that's his expected weigh and Obviously, that could change when the combine comes around. Uh, was a five-star prospect out of high school. So, Sanders is very good when he's running the ball. He's very decisive, very good in his cuts, uh, does do a very good job of kind of cutting back, going against where the defense is going, which I really like. He's very smooth in the way he runs and is very um, straightforward with his point of attack. He will allow his offensive lineman to to block up and hit that hole quickly. He does not take waste time, waste steps getting there. Um, he is... Uh, Got great acceleration when he gets into the open field. He can eat up a lot of yards. Get a, just I'm talking about just go. He is extremely fast. Great acceleration when he hits that open field. Um, and a great stutter step and hesitation lateral pursuits. Everything he can cut off. It would be great. Uh, I think in the open field one of the best backs in the class. The only thing I say that's bad about Miles Sanders, and I think this is why a lot of people are are down on him, is his limited experience. He Obviously sat behind Saquon Barkley for a couple years there, and that has limited what he's able to do. This was his first year as the feature back for the Nittany Lions, and he was awesome. The only other thing that he didn't do, and I think I think he's getting a lot of flack because he's not been what Saquon Barkley was, and I don't think that's fair to him. Nobody's Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is a transcendent talent. He is amazing. No Running backs are going to be like Saquon Barkley, so I don't understand why people keep comparing him to him. You can still be good and not be Saquon Barkley. Uh, but he didn't get used in the passing game quite as much as Barkley did. Uh, that, I do think, is going to hurt him a little bit. Again, uh, just 24 catches, and and that's still not bad for a junior year in college football. 24 catches this last year, 139 yards. Again, I, I thought he has been awesome. He's definitely someone that I am going to watch big here I do think that once the combine and pro days come he's going to jump up people's boards a lot of places that I'm seeing have him ranked in the seven to ten range where I I think that he's better than that in all honesty the the rise of Josh Jacobs who I will talk about here today as well um, has really kind of pushed a lot of people down the board a lot of people are getting him as their one ones I don't personally have him as my one1 uh, but a lot of people are shooting him up so it's really kind of dropping guys like Sanders down some as well because he's also not big Um, a lot of people would prefer him to be over six foot Uh, again 511 I still think 511 215 uh, 211 I think is what they had him currently weighed at I still think that's good Uh, if he could put on a little bit more weight maybe get up to the 220 range and not lose any of that speed I think would be huge for him that's why I think the combine pro day could change uh, his stock a little bit but I do think that in my opinion he's going to likely be in my top five just from the tape that I've watched on him and everything I think He's going to be amazing at the next level, and a lot of people have him closer in the 7 to 10 range than into the top 5. My next back that I want to talk about is the jacked dude himself, Elijah Holyfield, out of Georgia, 5'10", 215. Dude, if you've seen the pictures of this guy, I think it was earlier, last offseason, how jacked he was and everything, dude is a man among boys at his size. I think he's going to be a very good power back at the next level. So he obviously hasn't had great stats over the past couple years because, again, he went to Georgia, and they have been producing backs at an ungodly rate here lately. Guys like Todd Gurley... Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle. those are just three. I know there's somebody I'm forgetting in there somewhere, but there's just there's just three that have come out in the past couple of years that have been awesome. And then obviously they have Swift there right now as well, who has been awesome for them. So it's kind of limited what Holyfield can do. But he had 159 attempts this year for 1,018 yards, seven touchdowns. Again, not much in the receiving game, which I do think could kind of hurt him at the next level. But he's someone I'm very intrigued by and someone I don't think a lot of people will be talking about. I have seen a couple sites that have been pretty high. Um and those are some of the people that I most trust as well. but there's a lot of people who don't again, bottom in the top ten, maybe even lower. so he's someone you could possibly get in the second, maybe even third round of rookie drafts this year, especially with how highly touted a lot of these wide receivers are. so he's a guy that I would definitely watch as well. someone who could definitely shoot up boards um or I think be a really good running back at the next level. next guy I'm gonna talk about, I'm just gonna go ahead and stay right there in the SEC and talk about Joshua Jacobs again. Um, A lot of people have been talking about him now. He's been rising up boards very fast. 5'9", 209, just a three-star prospect in high school, which is crazy. And there's a lot of guys like that. Again, I encourage you guys to go read my my articles at QBList.com. I have a top 10 RBs and wide receivers back in week 8 of the college football season and just looking at some of these guys who were like two-star, three-star recruits out of high school and what they have done with themselves uh, since getting to top-level programs or even just making names for themselves in not-top-level programs has been ridiculous. All right, so again, he's just a junior now coming out into the draft. Um, Again, we saw him kind of really come on here at the back half of the uh, Alabama season and really kind of push Damian Harris down boards as well. A lot of people had Damian Williams, including myself, up there. Up as close to week eight up there in my top four, just based on what everybody was saying about him and how good he looked. And then he has really kind of decreased. Damian Harris's stock and increased his with the way he played on the back half of the season. 100, just 120 attempts, but for 640 yards, 11 touchdowns, 20 receptions, 247 yards and three touchdowns. He has looked awesome. Looked electric when he gets out there. Again, he is a little bit smaller, but I do think depending on how much he weighs in, that is going to be a key for him is what his weight is going to be when he gets to the combine. I imagine he'll get invited. Uh, But again, he's looked awesome out there in the the open field. He's got very good lateral cuts, very good hands for uh, the receiver out of the backfield, which I think is going to be huge at the next level as well. Um, And I do think has very good burst and lateral quickness to get around defenders and make defenders miss. So Josh Jacobs, again, with the performance he's had here at the end of the season, is really shooting up people's boards. Um, Again, I I don't currently have him at 1-1, but, I mean, we saw it in... Uh, mock drafts that have been coming out now by a lot of analysts. There was someone who had some, uh, I, can't, I wish I could remember who it was now. It might have been Daniel Jeremiah, um, who a lot of people say is one of the most plugged-in guys in the community. Um, very good job with his mock drafts and everything. Uh, it may have been him who had the Buccaneers taking Josh Jacobs at number five in the draft this year. That is how big, uh, that is how much people are talking about him this year. Uh, yeah, it was. It was number five. I just pulled it up on my phone here. So, yes, they, they he has them taking Josh Jacobs at number five. That is how much this guy's stock has risen again. A lot of it based on just his explosive running. And uh, a lot of people like how, how gritty he is in his runs as well for some, what is considered to be somewhat smaller back. Uh, he is not afraid to lower that shoulder and drive through people. Uh, so, again, his, his stock shot up. Big. Uh, a lot of people will be very high on him. Uh, and in my opinion, again, I, I've been one of the few uh, that have talked about this, our running back class. I think that uh, while it does lack a few elites, uh, uh, elite, elite running backs, and, and Josh Jacobs could be one of them. I personally don't think he will be, but I, I, other people do. Uh, they do lack the elite, elite talent, but I think it is very deep, in-depth guys. And those guys who could be running back twos or the Duke Johnsons, Tariq Cohens of the world. There's a lot of those guys in this class, and I do think that a lot of people are sleeping on that as well. So infatuated with the wide receivers uh, and really the tight ends, because this is actually a fairly deep tight end class as well, um, which is contrary to what I thought. I thought there was only going to be about three good tight ends. There's close to six, seven, eight tight ends in this class that could be fantasy relevant. Uh, So a lot of people are getting infatuated with those guys and really forgetting about this RB class, talking about like two or three guys. Um, And so there's a lot of guys that I think could drop in rookie drafts here that could be huge. Um, And, you know, Miles Sanders being one of them, uh, Bryce Love, who I won't talk about today, but, you know, someone who tore his ACL here at the end of the season. He'll be back in time for the NFL season, but he's someone who could drop down boards because a lot of people are not going to be talking about him because he's going to be gone throughout this entire process. I think people will forget just how good Good, he was over the past couple years. Now, I don't think he's Christian McCaffrey like some other people have said, but he's still a very good running back. Um, he's another guy who could drop consistent. I think that if you are someone who loves to draft RBs, or um, you know, again just personal talk here on the, the drafting strategies, a lot of people take running backs because you're likely going to get production out of them quicker than wide receivers. It does take wide receivers time to develop. We got a little bit spoiled with that class with Odell Beckham. I think it was 2016. Odell, Mike Evans, Sammy Watkins, all those guys coming out and producing at a high end that year. And then we haven't really seen it much except from, from Amari Cooper here at the wide receivers at the rookie level uh, this year. You know, we had a couple guys going off here and there. Michael Gallup, Calvin Ridley, Anthony Miller, but nothing to the Odell. Dell and Mike Evans, Sammy Watkins takes uh, back in 2016. It's because it takes wide receivers a little bit of time to develop. So a lot of people will draft RBs earlier in their rookie drafts because they want that quick production. And I do think that though, with the classes this year, people will lean toward the wide receivers because there's so much talk about how good these guys are. And there are, there are a lot of good wide receivers, which is why people who I've talked to, and, and obviously I'll talk about it more here on the podcast throughout the offseason, season. I would lean taking a running back early because I still think there's a lot of wide receivers you can get in that second round that may not be the elite elite because I think there's about, in all honesty, five or six wide receivers in this class that could be top-tier elite wide receivers, but you can still get those guys who are going to be very, very good at the next level in that second round, and then you just one-upped everybody who took, you know, say, DK Metcalf with 1-2 in the rookie draft, and you're like, you know what, at 1-7, I'm going to take rodney anderson who i'm about to talk about and you just got yourself possibly an elite running back, and then on the turn you take a guy like hakeem butler who could fall to who i think is the best wide receiver prospect in this class and a lot of people are not talking about being the best wide receiver in this class all of a sudden you just set yourself up with two young players for the future that could be a core core two elite members of your team for the next five to ten years all right, so as I just touched on, Rodney Anderson, he's my next guy that I want to talk about at running back here uh, again. Six one two nineteen has had a very good career at Oklahoma for short lived as it was. And that is what um, I'll just start with the bad on him because it's fairly easy to talk about. He's only shown us the one good year. And that was his sophomore year where he rushed 188 times for 1161 yards. It's a 6.2 average with 13 touchdowns, but had 17 catches for 281, five touchdowns as well. He was awesome last year was awesome I mean, he balled out, in my opinion... He was the best running back last year. Obviously, could not come out because he was a sophomore. Coming into this year, he was a Heisman favorite. He was so good at the beginning of the season. Again, he only played in two games, 119 yards and three touchdowns. Didn't do anything in the receiving game. A lot of that, I think, was due to the, the play of Kyler Murray. Uh, we saw what he was able to do with Baker. Obviously, in, at uh, his sophomore year, Baker will dump off to the running backs, where Kyler Murray was more about kind of obviously running it when, when things got uh, kind of sketchy there in the pocket. So he wasn't able to really show as much in the receiving game this year. Again, only played two games because he ended up tearing his ACL again. This is the second major injury he's had on his knee uh, in the past couple of years, which again is is really, in my opinion, the only things that you can knock on him. And again, is his injury history and then the fact that he's only been used the one time. A lot of people talk about how his... Uh, His pass protection is not that good either, and and that could be true. Uh, I haven't had a chance to look that much into it, but I do think that uh, that's something that he can improve on. A lot of people are comparing him to the Jay Ajayis of the world. I personally don't see that. I think he is much better than Jay Ajayi. Again, that's just my opinion. Um, And uh, he's not, not necessarily agile. He's not one of those guys who's going to make a lot of different moves that are going to cause players to miss. He's one of those guys who's just going to kind of run through you. Um, but where he is good, so his patience and vision is elite. His straight line burst are elite. This is a guy who, same thing like I talked about with Miles Sanders. When he sees that hole, he hits it and he's gone. He is very good at that. He can be a very good home run hitter. Again, great vision. And I feel is a great receiver out of the backfield with, again, what he did in just his sophomore year. Uh, Someone, again, I think that is going to be knocked down a little bit because he didn't do much of anything this year, again, because of the injury. Uh, But as someone you can get later in drafts, I've seen him even falling out of the top 10 now, which is insane to me. He was someone that should have easily been a top 4 or 5 pick, if not even top 3 pick going into the season. In my opinion, you can't have that injury uh, really kind of knock a guy down uh, just because of that. And then the last guy that I'm going to talk about, um, he has been getting a lot of push. He's a guy who I had, I believe, it was up in my top five, or I had him at six, actually, uh, in week eight. Uh, Really kind of came on even more here at the end of the year. That's Daryl Henderson out of Memphis. Dude has been awesome. 5'9", 200 pounds. So just this last year... 214 carries for 1,909 yards. It's an 8.9 average, and he had an 8.9 average last year as well, with 130 carries for 1,154 yards. Nine touchdowns last year, 22 touchdowns this year. Each year, he has racked up almost 20 receiving yards. He got 20 or 20 receiving yards, 20 catches, 20 in his uh, freshman year, 24 in his sophomore year, just 19 this year, but put up over 200 yards each time. Uh, with uh, with those catches, uh, uh, again, 237, 226, and 295 this past year. Three touchdowns, two touchdowns, three touchdowns in the receiving game. And what I think is really interesting for me, or I'll talk about what I think is good about his game first, his vision. He is very good about getting behind his offensive linemen, allowing them to get him close to the second level, and then bursting through. He has great confidence in his feet, runs hard, shows Excellent cuts, in my opinion. uh, And does a very good job at the line of scrimmage, accelerating through the holes. He's got great work volume. He's obviously showed, in my opinion, great durability as well. Uh, Not really had to deal with many injury issues, especially with the way that he runs. Um, uh, He's not necessarily... Actually, I I take that back. I was looking at the wrong thing. He is by far one of the most elusive backs in this class. Does a very good job with his lateral quickness, Uh, his cuts... Uh, Quick stop abilities, I love it. This dude is uh, just really good at making defenders miss when he needs to. Obviously showed that he can be a a great receiver out of the backfield as well. Pass protection has been brought up as one of his worst traits again. That's not something I'm hugely worried about, as I do think that that can be worked on at the NFL level and and made into a good thing for him. Just something he's got to work on. Don't think that he's very good, um, uh, very, very very good at getting outside, but maybe not necessarily as good running up the middle, which I think some people might knock on him. I don't think that it's that big of a deal. I just think that the way that Memf- Memphis kind of ran their uh their offense, that was kind of more of the the outside runs is what he got. Uh, didn't really get much up the ru- up the middle, up the gut kind of runs, uh, so I think a lot of people are knocking him for that that I think he'll be able to do at the next level. So those are my five running backs that I'm kind of looking at here, guys that I really like that I'd like to get a share of. Again, I will put out my top ten. I I actually might even go bigger this year. I'm working with uh, one of the editors at the Dynasty Guru right now, or my editor, to talk about possibly doing even more. Uh, I I might rank like 20 guys this year. Last year, I think I actually did for Dynasty Guru, uh, I did 25. I went and did almost every single running back that was in the class I ranked Uh, compared to QB list. They were kind of like, let's just stick with top ten kind of stuff, which I'm fine with. Uh, it allows me to break down more of the players with the top 10 because I have more room and, and more time to kind of work on those guys where when you're breaking down every prospect in the draft, uh, it takes a little bit more time, time to do. So that, that does eat up a lot of my time. For my wide receivers here, so again, I'm going to just talk on five guys that I really like that I don't think uh, are getting a lot of talk And number one is going to be my guy, Hakeem Butler, out of Iowa State. I love this kid. Uh, He's just amazing. So he's 6'6", 225. He has a huge frame, wide shoulders, might have the biggest wingspan in this class. And I'm not even joking when I say that. He is deceptive uh, when running. He is not the fastest guy. I will give you that right now. He is not... I don't know how I should put this. He's explosive, but he's not extremely fast. He's not that guy who's going to burn by you, but he can get off the line in quick. He's great with his arms and trying to get defenders off of him. And he has some of the best ball skills and hand skills in This class. He is huge. He's a great blocker. He will fight for that. For the yardage. Whether it's a third down. You're trying to get into the goal. uh, Trying to get into a touchdown. For that goal line. He will fight for every single yard. Um, He is a little thin. Which a lot of people I think will question. uh, His body size is not a uh, he's not thick he's a very thin wide receiver i personally don't think that that's very big um not very good at faking defenders out he's just someone who's not he's not going to make a defender miss he's not going to blow by you but he's going to catch almost every ball thrown his way My best comparison to him, in all honesty, is DeAndre Hopkins. I think that that's who he could be at his best, obviously. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is an elite wide receiver, one of the best in the game, so I don't want to say he is DeAndre Hopkins, but I do think he could become close, or if not, DeAndre Hopkins with how he plays how good his hands are, and how good his route running is as well. And again, he's not someone, DeAndre Hopkins, he's not someone who's going to blow by you for an 80-yard touchdown, but he's a guy who's going to get you the tough, gritty yards. He's going to go up and get every ball thrown to you, thrown to him. Uh, again, last year, 115 receptions and no drops, and I do think that that is what Hakeem Butler is. Again, just go look at the piece I did on him for QB list and some of the catches this kid makes. He is just outstanding and absolutely ridiculous. Another guy that I'm looking at that I think a lot of people are kind of sleeping on is A.J. Brown out of Ole Miss. And I don't understand this one at all. So A.J. Brown, 6'1", 225. Uh, Again, just has only played one year, just this year, his junior year. 85 receptions, 1,320 yards and six touchdowns. He has been awesome. Uh, He's not A vertical wide receiver, much like Hakeem Butler isn't, uh, but he is uh, explosive. He's very, very good ball skills because of his size. He is a very good route runner as well. And maybe this is where, where I'm going to show the kind of person that I am because I talk about all these guys that I love that run very good, tight routes, um, which a lot of people will hate on because uh, there are people in the industry who say that, you know, film watchers and people who talk about his oh, route running, it's really good, uh, aren't real uh, analysts or don't really know what we're talking about. And, and that may be true, but I, I do appreciate a guy who can run a very good route, is, is where he is supposed to be. I think that that marks a good wide receiver and agent. J. Brown is one of them. Again, great ball skills. He's not someone, again, like a King Butler who's going to burn you down the field, but he has the explosiveness to get off the line and get to the ball, get to where he needs to be. Um, I really like him. Great hands. And again, he played with a bunch of wide receivers who were also very good at Old Miss. DK Metcalf. Demarcus Lodge, and yet A.J. Brown was putting up better numbers than all of them. D.K. Metcalf is considered by most to be the number one wide receiver in this class based on just what a physical freak he is, and he probably is. Uh, in all honesty, as much as I love King Butler, I probably will have to have D.K. Metcalf ahead of him, especially if he tests well at the combine and everything, and we haven't seen him because he's been hurt. Her- oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Kelvin Harmon. And I'm not thinking of Kelvin Harmon. Kelvin Harmon is another guy we're about to talk about. DK Metcalf uh, did. He got hurt. uh, So a lot of people are going to wait to see how he gets tested. It was a neck injury. To see what he does at the Combine Pro Days and everything like that. But he is a physical freak and a lot of people are going to be very high on him again. He is the number one across most people's boards. The guy that I really wanted to talk about, unfortunately, went back to school in Colin Johnson. He's a guy that I'm really high on. Um, but since he went back to Texas, there's no point talking about him this year. He'll come out next year. Uh, but again, if you guys haven't seen this kid, this kid's awesome. He's going to be one of the top wide receivers in next, year, uh, next year's class as well. So next up, actually, you know what? I'm not even going to talk about Kelvin Harmon right now. Um, I wanted to, uh, out of NC State, but I do think a lot of people have him fairly high as well, so I'm sure you guys can find different information on him uh, if you want. Uh, my number three guy is going to be Anthony Johnson out of Buffalo. He's another guy I had as my number 10 going into week eight, uh, someone who played with Tyree Jackson, who, again, the quarterback I'm very high on as well. So he's a uh, plays for Buffalo. He's a senior, 6'2", 207, two-star athlete coming into college. That's one of the guys we were talking about earlier. Two-star athletes, people not anybody was uh, thinking about or, or would be a good wide receiver at the next level and ends up balling out. I think it's going to be a very good NFL player. Uh, so his junior year, 76 catches for 1,356 yards, 14 touchdowns. And this last year, his senior year, 57 catches for 1,011 and 11 touchdowns. Now what I like about Johnson is he is big. He's a very big-bodied wide receiver Again, 6'2", 207, and that's what he uses to his advantage. Again, not, not a speedy guy. We're going to get to some speedy guys here in a minute, uh, but he, he's he got about average speed, maybe a little bit above average. He's not going to uh, blow by you, but he can create separation with that. Again, he's got very long legs, does a very good job of, of creating separation with his strides. He'll, at, he'll, he'll change up his stride a little bit to get by you or cause a little bit of separation to get himself enough room to catch the ball. Very, very Very good at contested catches. Um, He's one of those guys where if he's fighting for a defender to go up and get the ball, I would say 98% of the time he's the one coming down with it. Very good hands, um, and I like... The fact that he uh, he can go up and get them. He's very flexible as well. Will contort his body to catch the ball at the high point, which I love about this kid. And trust me, when I tell you, if you watch some of the catches that he made, you know Tyree Jackson we talked about on Thursday, not the most accurate passer uh, either. And Anthony Johnson was able to go up and get those balls as well. And again, I think uh, I love his competitiveness and then his athleticism. Uh, his size is what I really think is going to, to bring him here. Again, his probably the worst thing about him is his speed. He's not someone who's going to blow by you. Uh, I know a lot of people want those guys because of the thrill that a guy like uh, Tyreek Hill brings to the NFL game. That's what a lot of people are looking for. But I personally think it's those other guys, the great hands, people who are going to go make the catch. Uh, Those guys are the guys who are going to be better at the NFL level. Look at the guys like DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Odell Beckham Jr. These guys aren't, uh, none of these guys are super fast. They're not Tyreek Hill but they're the ones who are making the plays. They're the ones who are up there every single year. You know, Julio Jones is another guy. He's got good speed, but he's not the fastest wide receiver in the world, but he makes it happen with how good he is catching the ball and making moves after the play. My number four wide receiver from Ohio State, Paris Campbell. Campbell is a guy I feel like I'm gonna own on a lot of my teams because not a lot of people like this guy because he's not a big guy, six foot two oh eight. Again, played at Ohio State. This dude is dynamic when running the ball, or as just as a wide receiver in general, he's very good coming off the block. His route tree is 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 limited. He he was used. In, in limited fashions at Ohio State, which I've talked about before in the fact that I think that was more of the Ohio State play calling and what Urban Meyer liked to do uh, with that offense, it kind of limited a lot of people. A lot of, That's why a lot of people were not that high on Michael Thomas because they did not think that he was going to be that great of a wide receiver coming out of Ohio State because of what the, the offense showed there. Now, there were some people who obviously thought he would. I, I did. I didn't think he would be what he is now. I'll be honest with you about that. Um, but a lot of people did not think he... They were. Everybody was on the real Mike Thomas that uh, I think we ended up going to the Los Angeles Rams and did nothing. As That's what he called himself. That's what other people called him because they thought what he showed in college, he was going to be much better than Mike Thomas out of Ohio State. But anyways... He's very good at contested catches for someone who's not that big, uh, and he's not really that physical either, but he does a very good job of boxing out defenders when he needs to, making contested catches, very good at tracking the ball. He does, however, in saying that... um, Drops balls. He he has struggled with drop balls, and that will be huge at the next level. That's something he's going to have to work on. Um, I do think that uh, that is his biggest question mark is his hands and catching the ball. Um, But he fights for the ball. He he was always there to try and get it, and his speed is ridiculous. This is a guy that we talked about can burn almost anybody. I I can almost guarantee you he is going to be the fastest wide receiver in this class at the combine. If it's not him, he's gonna be second. But I, I would almost bet you that he will be the fastest prospect in this class. When he catches the ball, he can burn you downfield and when he catches the ball, what he is very good at is in the, is being in the open field. This guy can make anybody miss and if he is given space, he is very much like Tyreek Hill in the fact that he is a threat to take it to the house every time he gets the ball in the open field and that is what I love about him. Again, hands and, and the fact that he is not very big um, could, be, could hurt him at the next level but I do think that he is by far one of my favorite prospects just seeing what he did at Ohio State at times and again his limited kind of usage In the offense is going to be interesting to see, especially with that speed. Last but not least, there's a couple guys here that I have that I wanted to talk about as my number five. And I really don't know. There's two guys I'm debating on right now, guys, in all honesty. And Denzel Mims out of Baylor or K.J. Hill. And you know what? We're going to talk about K.J. Hill because, well, he's a Buckeye, and I love talking about my Buckeyes. If you guys don't like it, I'm sorry. You guys can stop listening to the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Don't no, stop listening to it. We'll talk about all these guys throughout the offseason. I'm just kidding, but I do love K.J. Hill, uh, and he is the guy that I want to talk about. Junior, six foot one ninety eight, had a very good career at Ohio State, really came on this year. 70 catches for 885 yards and 6 touchdowns here. Uh, obviously had a huge game against TCU. I was at that game. Uh, really kind of put him on my radar after watching him in that game. So, some of the things that he does very good. He is very, very natural runner, for those of you who understand what that means. I just think that uh, he does a very good... Don't understand what that means. He just looks very smooth when running the ball. He doesn't look like he's struggling to make a cut to go one way or another. He makes everything look natural, very fluid motion uh very good ball skills uh does not fumble the ball very often does a very good job tracking the ball uh he'll catch it catch the ball with these very soft hands uh whether it's an easy catch hard catch over the shoulder catch very good very. Good at accelerating when in the open field as well. Again, he's showcased that multiple times throughout the year at Ohio State. When he gets into the open field, much like Paris Campbell, he does a very good job of creating his own space, making defenders miss to try and score a touchdown. Very, uh, very physical player as well. I think runs very good routes. Works well in all areas and very good at creating separation where he is hurt is uh doesn't have the biggest wingspan so he has a limited catch radius uh not very long arms I guess would be to put it uh he's not uh if you throw a ball up he's not high pointing it and he's not coming down with it as well um and I do think that uh he would I think he needs to improve a little bit on his ability to uh to get deep burn people deep I think a lot of times when There were safeties over the top of him. He was not burning by them. He would try to stop and kind of cut in or come back down almost like on a curl route or something just to get open. I do think that he needs to get that... uh I don't want to. It's not an ability, but get the confidence that he can get by people and go by those guys, or maybe not worry about taking the big hit if the if the quarterback tries to lay it in bet- lay it on him in between two defenders. Um, and again, same thing. I think a lot of people will criticize him for is uh, his limited route tree, much like Paris Campbell. Again, I'm gonna fight back with that, saying that I think a lot of that was just Ohio State's limited offense. Again, huge Buckeyes fan, but uh, someone who's been a Buckeyes fan all my life um, and seen what. Or Meyer did at Florida and at Ohio State. He just ran a different offense than most colleges are doing nowadays, Um, and so it limited what a lot of the wide receivers were doing. Um, He's someone that I could see being very much like Curtis Samuel. Uh, We're we're just now kind of seeing what Curtis Samuel could be this year at Carolina. I think he'll be better than Curtis Samuel, but I think that is kind of what he could be—a very good uh, player that you can move all around the field and make very good, uh, make explosive plays when given the chance to get the ball. So, guys, that's going to do it for me today. There's five running backs and five wide receivers that I'm looking forward to in the draft this year. Again, we're, we're getting closer and closer to the combine. I think we're a little over a month away. It's February 25th or 6th, I believe, is when the combine is. I will start getting... All of my rankings out before then. You will see my wide receiver and running back stuff out before the combine hits. Uh, much like last year, more than likely will be coming out on DynastyGuru.com. I will let you guys know when that happens on the pod, and I will tweet it out on Twitter as well so you guys can check those out. Again, I'll rank is. As- Probably every prospect at both positions, including quarterback and tight end. Every single prospect that's coming out so that you guys can look at. Again, we talked about last year how I thought guys like Edo Smith... Philip Lindsey would be starter, or not starters, but be very good pros at the next level. Both those guys looked pretty good. Of course, I did say Rojo and Akram Wadley, who is on the Titans practice squad now, would be very good as well. So, you know, you gotta take the good with the bad. I'm sure I'll make bad calls this year as well as some very good calls. It's I, one of my favorite times of the year is looking at these guys and trying to figure out who the diamonds in the rough are. For instance, like Philip Lindsey last year, someone almost nobody was talking about uh, and really came on strong and was a huge fantasy at this, asset this year and helped me out because I owned him on pretty much every team that I have because I loved Philip Lindsay coming out. Uh, obviously there's a couple people who were on him as well um, and we've, we've talked about that before I'll give Nit a quick shout out real quick again on the Back Row Fantasy Show. He talked about him as well uh, but not a lot of people were and, and that's why it's my favorite time of year because I do like to try and find these guys um, and I do like to be right. I, I hate being wrong and again Ronald Jones. I still think there's time for him to prove me right but uh, he sure made me look bad last year um, but we'll see how all that turns out again, guys! Thank you so much for listening to the the uh, fantasy football roundtable. If you guys have time, give it a give it a rate and a review on iTunes. Again, as soon as you do, you guys will be entered in the contest. We've got guys watching it every time a rate or a review is done. Uh, we get the we try to get the information on the rates again. We don't always get to see the rates, so if you haven't been, DM me when you, when you rate it on Twitter, or you can DM Dennis Bennett. Uh, DM us with the with a picture of you rating it, good or bad, doesn't matter. You know, if it's bad, leave a review in there and what you think we could improve on, because I'm, I'm open to constructive criticism. I want this podcast to be um, thrilling and exciting for everybody to listen to and informative, so if there's something you feel we, sh- we could do better, let us know. Uh, I'm not against that. You can DM me on Twitter. You can leave it in the review. I'm fine. I read all of them, good or bad. It, it doesn't bother me one bit. Um, because at the end of the day, even if nobody, even if I only have five people listening, I still enjoy doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. So... That being said, again, if you leave a, uh, a rate, DM me a picture of the rate so that we can get you entered in the contest. A couple people haven't done that, and unfortunately, I can't get the information when you don't rate it. The review, it, get, it has your information on there, so I can hopefully find you. Again, leave your Twitter handle in the in the review, and that way uh, we can hook you up, hit you up on Twitter if you end up being the winner. Um, but if you do leave a rate, please DM us a picture of the rate so I know who it was so we can get you into the contest. So you can get some free stuff, because I love giving away free stuff. I love getting free stuff stuff and trust me if you haven't looked at this stuff on 500 level.com you'll see why it's pretty cool these shirts are awesome i'm excited to be working with them to get this stuff done um and again uh talking earlier i'm in the works right now with a with an outfitter to produce fantasy roundtable stuff such as our logo baker the touchdown maker um some other key phrases that I say way too often during the show uh, but there's different stuff we're in the works on making we'll give that stuff away too maybe you guys will just use it to you know wipe your asses throw it in the trash whatever Uh, you know like I said it's free swag we're going to be looking to give that stuff out as well as well as stuff from another uh, group that is looking to come on board with us as well that we're about to start promoting once everything gets taken care of can't wait to start talking about them too again they do a really cool jersey concept thing that I'm really excited about talking about here in the near near future so again a lot of free swag coming people's way Um, just thank you guys so much for listening and helping me grow this as much as you guys have Um, and uh, we'll be back on Monday I'll be back on Monday with Dennis Bennett so enjoy the championship games uh, tomorrow hopefully they're two very good games compared to what we had last weekend and uh, me and Dennis will have a podcast up at some point in time Monday night enjoy your weekends guys stay stay inside and stay warm because it seems like it's going to be cold everywhere this weekend and enjoy your weekends Peace. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn on Do you got your butt on red? I came like not the whole line, ready? And he's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for the street. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me, Godly. Only tackles on the forty-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can.